Hello and welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. My name is Warren Shute and today, charity, the gift that keeps on giving. This episode has been sponsored by IDELO, the price comparison website. Okay, so what do I mean charity, the gift that keeps on giving? Um, over the last 12 months have been a difficult time for all of us. Um, I don't think anyone has been unscathed by the traumatic uh, nature and features of the pandemic. Some people are affected an awful lot more than others. Um, and when things aren't going according to plan, I just count my blessings. I look at what's going great for me in my life and what I'm thankful for and what I'm appreciative for. And I realize that things could be an awful lot worse. Without a doubt, there have been some people who have had an awful 12 months um, and relied on charities um, for their support. And charities in the main have had a very, very difficult year because they've been hit by both sides. The donations have dried up or reduced because people have tightened their purse strings and bring their spending in a little bit but in the same breath there have been so many more people relying on things like food banks or um, mental health um, hotlines so you can call and get some kind of support or all other numerous charities who do some fantastic work homeless people um, charities um, people feeding the homeless they've been squeezed from both sides so I thought I'd just touch on um, charities and what my sort of views on on charity donations and such like are and how you can get get involved um, because charities have some financial benefits too okay so if you are giving to a charity um, for many of you you'll understand or have heard the term gift aid which basically means when you give some money to a charity as long as you're a taxpayer and I think this is the important part as long as you pay tax the charity can claim back that tax on the donation on your behalf making it 25% higher so if I use round sums I'm not suggesting these are the sums you'll want to donate but if you donated a hundred pounds for example to a charity they can gross that up and claim the tax back on that so they actually receive an extra 25 pounds so 125 pounds will be um, in the charity's bank account this is very very similar to something else pension contributions when you make a pension contribution the pension company can claim that tax back so 125 pounds gets invested so the charity donation works exactly the same way and just like a pension contribution a charity is able to then claim sorry not the charity just like a pension contribution the individual is then able to claim the higher or additional rate tax if they pay it on that contribution so say for example you gave a hundred pounds and the charity claim back the, the um, tax relief the gift aid on that you can then say okay in my self-assessment I'm going to disclose these charity donations on my self-assessment form and therefore the HMRC will claim back the higher so another 20% or additional another 25% tax relief um, when they're calculating the taxes available so so many people miss that second part quite often not the charity are very good at saying to us hey if you sign this we'll get gift aid they don't always say if I if you pay tax we'll be able to claim gift aid but it's very important you do that if you pay tax you get gift aid we do that bit we do the first step so they get the 125 pounds in my example but what a lot of us don't do is claim the 
higher or additional rate tax. So if you don't complete a self-assessment, you can also do it by a letter to HMRC proving your charity donation, um, and they will then often uh, amend your personal allowance. So your notice of coding, so you are able to earn more tax-free income the following year. And obviously it's a regular occurrence, you do this every year. Now, um, one thing that people um, sometimes overlook is their employers will run a payroll giving scheme. Well, this is a much more simple, efficient way of you giving to a charity because there's no forms really for you to fill out once it's set up. So the contribution to the charity is deducted at your pay at source. This is almost like an employer pension contribution or a salary sacrificed pension contribution. So the contribution to the charity comes out at source before your tax and national insurance is calculated so that the money goes straight into the charity's hands. So effectively, if you were going to donate £100 to the charity and you were a basic rate taxpayer, because you would have paid tax on that, you'll probably only see your take-home pay go down by about £80. Or if you're a high rate taxpayer, you'd probably only see your take-home pay go down by about £60 because you would have paid 20 pounds of that in tax anyway, or you would have paid um, uh, 40 pounds of that in tax anyway. So it kind of you know, makes it much more efficient, a lot more swifter, slicker, and um, easier for you to administer. Okay, so payroll given, they do tend to be only larger companies and do that. Now, if you're the kind of individual that likes to give to charity and do, do does it fairly often, but kind of stuck for the charity to give to, doesn't know which one to do, but you kind of like to do it, or you're an astute planner and you realize that when your income gets over a hundred thousand pounds you're taxed at 60 percent effectively on that um, margin of money between 100 and 125 thousand pounds we'll go into the detail behind that's so another session but effectively you've got your income tax bands of twelve and a half thousand pounds tax-free next 37 and a half thousand pounds taking up to 50 is being taxed at 20 and then between um 50 and 150 is taxed at 40 then over 150, it's 45. But there is a band between 100 and 125 where you lose your personal allowance. So you're taxed at 40%, but because you're losing your tax-free personal allowance and that's gonna become taxed at 20, you're effectively taxed another 20% on that, so 60%. If you're aware of that and you're an astute planner, people like what I do, is we would then say to our clients, well, what happens if we make a pension contribution or a charity donation? So you can make a charity donation to bring your income back down so you, um, uh, fulfill, relieve, get back your personal allowance. So it's a very good, smart tax planning tool. But we're normally doing this at the 11th hour, just before tax year end, as we're recording this at the moment, just before tax year end. And uh, it's a rush job, and you don't just want to give your money away to any charity. So you can use a bank called the CAF bank account, Charities Aid Foundation, it stands for, CAF. In the way CAF works is you open up a, a giving account with them, you transfer your money in, and that is your charitable donation. So now the money sits in the bank account. So you've got your relief immediately, but you've not given it to a charity. You've said you will give it to charity, and the only place that money can now go is to a listed charity. And I, I'm, I sit on a, a board of a charity, and when we receive these in, we have to fill, fill in the our charity number, etc., so they can tie up the contributions. They come in by check. So the CAF account is a great way, intermediate step for you to give. So you've got um, um, just uh, gift aid, you've got payroll giving, or you've got a CAF account 
where you can give money into that and it'll build up. But the next way is, um, which you could consider, is by actually setting up a charity yourself or a foundation yourself. So if you have, the main difference between charity and foundation, a foundation um, gives money and a charity does good work. Okay, so that's the main difference. They both have tax-free status. But if you are considering helping a charity or doing some charitable work over a period of time, you could look at setting up a charity yourself and do this way. It's something Lexington has only recently done ourselves this year. So we've set up the Lexington Foundation where we now give money um, to build an endowment. We're, we're in the accumulation stage. We want to build this fund up. Um, and then that money will then eventually become distributed once it's um, at a critical mass, just like you would invest for retirement. Once it's a critical mass, you can then give to these charities over time um, at your leisure and almost make it a uh, a project for yourselves, you know, uh, uh, something that you can do through your retirement years. Because let's face it, we're all very, very busy individuals. We're working very, very hard, um, building our careers and, and developing our wealth, everything else. And there's going to come a time where we then transition from our um, working life to our independent life. And they term this um, retirement. A client of mine referred to it as rewired rewiring this week which I thought very interesting and you have another section of a chapter of your life and you've got to find out what you want to do at that time and one of the things you could do is more charitable endeavors and so if you build an endowment or a foundation up today you can then or during your working life you can then use the rest of your life to distribute it and that's what we've decided to do at Lexington well so the Lexington foundation is up and running which we're very excited about all I've spoken about so far is giving from income so regular giving um you can give shares you get ta uh, capital gains tax relief on those if you've got some shares that you no longer want to hold you can just gift those over to um, charities and allow them to sell them and, and do what they need to do with them uh, doing it that way um that's not used as often if i'm honest some people use it with small shares just sign over the small shares that they've got just to tidy up affairs but another thing you can do is you can give through your will so you can leave a, leave a legacy and there's a couple of advantages of doing this. So um, one of the main advantages is obviously it doesn't affect your income. So if you're on a, a budget and what comes in generally goes out and if you've got some surplus, you tend to help the family out and you don't really have a lot of money left over to give to other people, you can leave a legacy or a payment within your will. Now that payment in itself is tax-free, which is great. So it reduces your estate and therefore reduces the overall amount of tax you pay. But if that payment comprises of at least 10% of your taxable estate, then it reduces your tax rate from 40%, which is the standard rate, down to 36%, which is the special rate if you give at least 10% of your taxable estate to a charity. Now, um, what we would often do with clients uh, at Lexington is rather than giving a percentage, so saying we leave 10% to this or these charities, we would calculate that as a fixed sum of money and we'd allocate that fixed sum of money being 10%. And generally speaking, as a general rule of thumb, people's estates generally decrease in their retirement years, hopefully normally do at Lexington, because we're getting them to spend money or make those donations to their family members while they're alive, rather than dying with a huge nest egg. We want them to enjoy life and spend their money and help people around them and things. So um, accumulating money into your old age doesn't make sense to me. Um, if you want it, if you're going to say to me, well, I'm going to give it to my children, give it to your children now. Don't wait until you've died. I'm sure they'll be much more beneficial to it now. Or if you feel they're not responsible enough, let's set up a trust and gift it outside of your estate now so you've got the seven-year rule ticking away. It doesn't really make sense to, to accumulate. We can estimate on care fees and make sure you're completely secure uh, for those reasons. But, you know, we want to make sure that your estate 
pretty much doesn't increase, at least levels or decreases in your final years. So you would then gift either a, typically a fixed amount to a charity. So that has the benefit, if it's 10% or more, reducing the tax rate from 40 down to 36. And this is a great way for many people to be able to give to charities um, if they would like to, purely on the basis of income and expenditure generally match for most people. So if they don't have that spare money um, available to give to a charity, then they can do it through their legacy uh, in their will. Very easy set up, very easily easy to do um as a general rule of thumb we try to talk to people about gifting around about 10 percent of their income to a charity during their life but this does have mixed emotions we have some clients who embrace it and we have some clients who give more than that they're very very generous um, and then we have other clients who would say well, actually warren to be fair charity begins at home i've got children trying to get on the housing ladder i've got um my parents who have probably not got enough retirement income i need to look after the people closest around me before i look to feel that i um, help people who i don't know um and that's when we were talking about maybe you know putting a clause in their will about leaving a legacy to a charity or something and in some people don't some people it's not for them which is absolutely fine it's not something that has to be done for everyone and everyone has to do this not preaching to say that you should do this what my aim is to bring you the information so you can make an informed decision based on your circumstances um of what your lifestyle is like and what your family is like but um as winston churchill said we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. But let me know your thoughts. Give me your feedback. What do you think about charitable giving? Is it for you is the right thing? This week, five things you need to know about charities. So the Charity Commission said that around 39% of all charities in the UK have an annual income of less than that £10,000. So around about 40% have an annual income of less than £10,000. And over 70% have an annual income of less than £100,000. So you know, there's a lot of small charities out there. I'd even say a charity with an income of less than £100,000 is small. So um, they're the ones who have really been affected the most and probably could do with your help. Um, there are about 168,000 charities in the UK supporting different causes. That's a huge number, I thought. Um, and it's estimated that around about 21 million volunteers help charities every year. Uh, and there's research saying that uh, since the pandemic started, 84% of charities have reported a reduction in their income. So that's a huge, you know, virtually most charities have re reduced a reduction in their income. And we mentioned why that is. And just number five, just to summarize, that a charity donation for a high rate taxpayer of £100 effectively is going to cost them £60. So um, there's some great tax breaks out there for you to do so as well. So main body of the news, other thing that's going on this week. So the Treasury have published what is being referred to as tax day. So we've had the budget, we've had the budget announcements, we know what's happened. Um, only one big surprise there, that's corporation tax rising for uh, companies with profits over 250,000. But what we've now got is tax day. And tax day is when the government are gonna publish their consultation on tax reform and what they see the future of taxation is and what they're gonna do for tax policy. So um, the Treasurer said that it will simultaneously publish a number of consultations relating to tax policy on the 23rd of March, which has now been dubbed as tax day. Um, so experts have suggested that holding tax day just three weeks after the budget is an indication of the direction of the long-term government policy. 
they've got to increase taxes and i think that's where it's going to be in other things in the news was the u.s president joe biden managed to get through a 1.9 trillion with a t spending sign-off for the u.s economy and that saw a bump in the stock prices things were wavering a little bit just before that and then pop in the stock prices and then a pop in long-term interest rates which then pull back share prices so um, there's some concern uh, not least in the markets that this will cause inflation to take off but in the inflation in the U.S. has remained tame. However, if the economy recovers too fast, inflation picks up and the U.S. central bank could increase interest rates. Because we understand that now, don't we? Because we've listened to podcasts a few weeks. So inflation comes from there being more supply than demand. So lots of spending going on. That ramps up prices. You have lots of people buying your product. You're selling it at £10. Lots of people buying it. You think, well, actually, I can sell it for 11 I can sell it for 12 People are still buying it. That pushes prices up and things like this happen globally or in certainly in the sector, in the country. So when that lots of spending increases prices, the government, the central bank doesn't want the prices to get out of control. So they increase interest rates to slow down your spending. You slow down your spending, the company selling the product are not going to rise prices so quickly. So that's how they maintain um, a reasonable economy. Uh, readers questions this week. Had this one in. My nephew is buying Bitcoin and cannabis shares. He's doing really well. Should I buy in? If you've listened to the podcast a few times now, what am I going to say? I'm going to say, no, don't do it. You know, we only hear the good stories. We don't hear the bad stories. Um, investing is boring. And that's why very few people get wealthy out of investing. When you make it exciting, you're buying and selling, your emotions get involved. You feel that you are better than the um, collective of the market and that's when you get bit on the bum and you start losing money so if you want to buy bitcoin if you want to buy cannabis shares if you want to buy whatever you want to buy allocate a section of your portfolio and say this is my play money and in lexington we call it a core and satellite approach we would run the core the bulk of the money for our clients but they say it works Warren, but it's boring and I get that, you know, I understand it just ticks along every year, it just rises, most years it rises. Um, and then, but the satellite is what they play with and they have their play money and they do what they want with it. Um, and they might buy Bitcoin, they might buy cannabis shares, they might buy active funds, if you know, for one of those, or they might buy direct shares, they might be involved in the tech companies and buy those. So um, if you want to get rich, just ignore it, stay away from it, stay away from the news, buy the world market, buy and hold, consistently buy and hold and um, leave it at that and don't be bought into cannabis or bitcoin or anything else this kind of leads on actually and this is a coincidence or anything else um, what is the other question what is the best trading app i can download for my phone to buy shares um and you know i don't like trading apps i'm not old-fashioned i'm not a stick in the mud but what i've got is some tried and tested principles that work um, and it will help you become wealthy over time, not overnight, but over time. And a trading app is just on your phone, enabling you to buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. It's all those transactions, your emotions. So there is no good reason that you would need to be on your phone to make either a purchase or a sale, arguably a purchase more than a sale. But there's no real good reason that you couldn't wait to get home and place the trade then. 
uh, on your PC. So the reason I don't like the trading apps is it makes trading too easy. Now I sound silly, but I don't want it to be too easy because if it's too easy, you will do it more often. The reason I suggest you hold your emergency reserve in premium bonds is because it's not easily accessible. It's out of arm's reach. That makes it harder and that's what makes it work. Having a trading app on your phone makes it easier to trade. I don't want it to be easy to trade. I want it, you have to log in, go through security and then place your trade. And um, once it's set up, just set and forget. So I don't have a favorite trading app, I'm afraid. So the final section, of show, final section of the show is called the Smarter Spender. This is the section that's sponsored by IDLO, the price comparison site. I just want you to know that spending money is not bad, okay? Spending other people's money is, and that's why I want you to have the right bang for your buck. With the bank account system, we talk about the WAM section. This typically is where we're spending our WAM. So if you don't know about WAM, try and find a show about the bank account system or send me a message, I'll do a new one. And it really helps you spend money more wisely. So they do some analysis and they say, what's dipped in price? So this week we've got rucksacks down 15% and tents down 15%, along with barbecues down 13 um, So it's a pretty good period of time where things are looking cheaper. And I guess we're recording this in um, March 2021. So spring's in the air, heading towards summer. I'm going to... Um, uh, concerts this year going to be camping hopefully do a bit of camping bit of trekking and stuff so although i've got a tent i certainly need to invest in some other things so i'll be taking advantage of that and having a look on idealo for some great prices uh, they also think this week is going to be a good week for buying kids bikes and folding bikes so the commuter bikes um, because typically they are 40 to uh, sorry 45 to 60 percent cheaper than august and in september so um, we are just looking at bikes at the moment. I thought I'd made a purchase last week and we didn't get around to it in the end. So I'll be back on that to looking for bikes, get that wrapped up. Because the summer is a great thing to do with your kids. It doesn't really cost money. Once the bike's purchased, you're out. And there's nothing better than taking a picnic to make it more sort of fun. So we're looking at sort of activities we can do in the great weather, outside, fitness, health, low cost. It just tick, tick, tick all around. Uh, and they, I do reckon this week, um, UK consumers will be buying outdoor sports equipment. So we've got the outdoor gyms opening on the 29th of March, and they reckon they will be seeing a lot more tennis racket purchases, basketball, footballs, and all kinds of golfing paraphernalia. Now, I can't wait to get back on the golf course. Um, weather's warm enough for me now, so um, yeah, I really can't wait. It's something that I've been golfing on and off for a number of years but my son ollie took it up with me this year uh, sorry last year and really got into it we started going down the driving range called on my brother-in-law he came out with us too which was great and um, he went with his friend so um, yeah had some really good time so i uh, can't wait to get out there it's a good sport because you get up early go and play around a golf and you're back for breakfast stuff and you've had your time of course you had a great time and you haven't interfered with the family so uh, it ticks all around Hey, look, that's it for this week. Um, hope you enjoyed my session on charity payments, stuff like that. Think of the bigger picture. Think about your goal planning. See where you are. See if it fits in for you. Um, keep sending the messages in and the thanks for all the praise. Please like and share the show. I do appreciate it. It helps other people find it. And uh, send through your comments. See what you think. I do uh, read every one of them. And it's great to hear from you all. So until next time, my name is Warren Shute. This has been Financial Education for the Nation. And take care. 
If you haven't yet subscribed to my channel, please do so. There's a great number of back issues to go through and remember. What makes us different on your financial journey is the support with access to downloads and templates on warrenshoot.com, the YouTube videos and podcasts, as well as access to me, a multi-award winning certified financial planner and certified international coach. So please do engage and let's get your finances sorted together. Thank you to Idealo for supporting this show and for you for listening. The Money Planner is edited and produced by the amazingly talented Vince Wakeman at Avando Systems. Mm-hmm.